everyone, I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, a testimony of your story for His glory. Well, with us today in a National Religious Broadcaster special, Proclaim 2018 in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee, is President and CEO of Center for Security Policy, Washington, D.C., and host of Secure Freedom Radio Podcast, Mr. Frank Gaffney. Mr. Gaffney, Sir Frank, if I may, welcome to Testimony. It's great to be with you, Tennessee. Frank, what in your view is the greatest threat America faces today and why? There's a lot of competition for that distinction, unfortunately, at the moment. And it's made the worse, I think, because most of us really don't appreciate how dangerous the world has become. Um, even in the past few years, uh, particularly under the Obama administration. I think if I had to rank them, uh, the thing that I worry most about, because I think it would have the most cataclysmic consequences, is the possibility that someone might use something called an electromagnetic pulse attack against this country to destroy our electric grid, without which we would not be a 21st century America. In fact, we won't have an ability to sustain the population that we have. By some estimates, nine out of 10 of us would die fairly quickly. That is very worrying because a number of our adversaries know of this vulnerability and I believe are positioning themselves, including the North Koreans, to exploit it. Then there are other issues. Uh, I'm quite concerned about uh, what I think is best described as Sharia supremacism and the march that uh, its adherents have underway. Some call them radical Islamic terrorists. I, I think it's a larger community than that, but they're definitely bent on destroying us. The Russians, the Chinese, uh, as I mentioned, the North Koreans, uh, the Iranians, uh, there's a, a world of hurt in short, and I think we need to be mindful of it and find in our faith in God um, the focus to address these problems uh, as decisively as we can so as to protect the free world. How damaging was eight years of an Obama administration to America's national security, or was it? And if yes, explain. I think it's incalculably damaging, uh, the Obama years. Uh, the problem is when President Obama was in the, uh, the end game before his first election, he very candidly said, we are going to fundamentally transform America. And I think he has done that in a lot of respects, but none so frighteningly as what he did in the way of a wrecking operation against the U.S. military. It's been hollowed out. It has been uh, demoralized. Uh, social engineering has caused, again, uh, immense harm to the morale as well as the fighting trim, the readiness of the armed forces. And, you know, I think when you put all that together with emboldening our enemies, I spoke of several of them before, but I think all of them took away from his time in office that America was weak, 
uh, was feckless, uh, was in retreat, and you don't want to signal that to totalitarians or other bad actors because they will try to take advantage of it. So what does your organization, Center for Security Policy, play in defending our freedoms and serving as a combat against what you have just talked about, and in addition, the persecution of Christians worldwide? Well, turning to the first, um, we're in our 30th year as an organization, and I think our purpose, as I've seen it from basically day one, has been to try to provide to people in government, uh, the press, uh, and the American people more generally, an awareness, a situational awareness, as the military likes to call it, about the world we're in and the challenges, particularly those that are emerging, to our security. And we've tried to do that through a variety of creative techniques uh, that are aimed at basically making this kind of information accessible to people and not simply warning them or, for that matter, frightening them, but empowering them to understand what they can do about it. And that's really the critical thing. We're, we're at a moment in time when I think so many of us, if we're paying attention at all, feel powerless to do anything about it. And we're trying to see what we can do to give some specific recommendations and strategies that might make a difference. Which brings me to the Save the Persecuted Christians initiative. We're members with many others in a new coalition that has been pulled together to basically try to help those who are being afflicted, unfortunately, around the world simply because they're following Christ. We've chosen as a model for how we might do something helpful a campaign that was undertaken about 40 years ago, uh, initially by a handful of Jewish activists in synagogues starting in Cleveland, Ohio. They didn't have most of what we have going for us today. They, for example, didn't have the internet because Al Gore hadn't invented it yet, as you know. They didn't have this remarkable religious broadcasting capacity that we have. And they also faced a government in, at the time, first the Nixon administration, then the Ford administration, that was really hostile to the idea of doing what they wanted to do, which was to raise an alarm about the plight of their co-religionists in the Soviet Union, the persecuted Jews. So they did what they could, which initially was simply to put up signs outside of synagogues saying, free the Soviet Jews or save Soviet Jewry. And it turned into, miraculously, a political force. And a fellow that I wound up working for by the name of Scoop Jackson, Henry Scoop Jackson, a United States senator from the state of Washington, took that force and he turned it into political leverage sufficient to enact a piece of legislation called the Jackson-Vanik Amendment. And what that did was it prevented the Soviet Union from getting access to what's known as most favored nation status. And when they didn't have that, they didn't get a whole world of financial underpinning that they desperately needed. 
and they didn't get it because they wouldn't let Jews and anybody else who wanted to leave out of the country. That's what the Jackson-Vanek Amendment did. So this is, this is important because it's a model that's valuable today because what translated from all of that is when Ronald Reagan, another fellow I had a chance to work for, came along with a strategy of destroying the Soviet Union, he was able to use economic warfare decisively against it. And the rest, as they say, is history. So with a few guys starting with signs, an empire was brought down, and not only millions of Soviet Jews, but hundreds of millions of others were freed. So our purpose is to see if perhaps with signs today, we might be able to begin building a political movement that can complement all of the wonderful people who are working to try to help Christians who are persecuted around the world, but, but are trying to sort of put bandages on gaping wounds, dealing symptomatically with it, by doing something as the Soviet Jewry campaign did to create a systemic change. That's a strategy that I'm very proud to be helping to bring, I hope, to fruition, and if possible, to see if we can actually end the persecution of Christians around the world. That's fantastic. So your organization would be more of an umbrella organization that other organizations could come under to solidify one purpose, the purpose that you just stated. Question, is the Trump administration doing its job on this front? And if yes, how do you feel they are doing it and is it effective? Well, to be clear, my organization is one of many that are now a part of this coalition. And the coalition is an umbrella organization or really a, a campaign. It's very informal. But people pulling together to try to do something. And people, by the way, can find out more about it at savethepersecutedchristians.org, including if they will take it to their church and get it deployed outside of that church in a publicly visible way, we will give them one free banner that says, Save the Persecuted Christians on it. And that is a great lead-in to my last question for our time here today. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Frank Gaffney, President and CEO of the Center for Security Policy. We are talking about SaveThePersecutedChristians.org. Frank, what role, in your view, does America's faith play in deterring the evil that we see today? With ISIS, it's an ideology of death. We have the Muslim Brotherhood, Al-Qaeda. You've alluded to these organizations earlier, and quite frankly, you answered this question in part in our remaining time here today. Can you speak to that? Let me answer the last part of the other question, too, in both the same time. I think that faith has an enormous role to play in trying to mitigate the dangers we're facing in this world. I think, you know, God has chosen America to try to help lead those of faith in protecting the free world against the evils we're facing. I think the Trump administration gets that. I believe the president himself, Mike Pence, was, of course, here at the National Religious Broadcasters and basically said the same thing. And again, what I feel so convicted of is that with their help, with their leadership, great things are possible. But it does start with a conviction about 
doing God's will and serving his purpose, which I believe is promoting freedom and ensuring those who are suffering because they follow Jesus Christ are protected as much as we can do. So there's a team effort underway. Learn more about it at SaveThePersecutedChristians.org. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Mr. Frank Gaffney, President and CEO of the Center for Security Policy, Washington, D.C., and host of Secure Freedom Radio podcast. We've been discussing the persecution of Christians worldwide and the best way to end that while protecting America's national security in the process. You can learn more about Mr. Gaffney's work, ministry, and mission by visiting centerforsecuritypolicy.org and visiting savethepersecutedchristians.org and get informed, get inspired, then get going for the cause of freedom, our country, this nation. You will be blessed you did. Frank, it has been an absolute honor having you share your critical insights from years of experience about the real threat of terrorism in this country and around the world. We thank you, America thanks you, and persecuted Christians and the church everywhere, thank you. You're defending our freedoms, bringing us awareness. God bless you. It's a team effort. Happy to be part of it. Thank you very much. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensine Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensinebard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D dot com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.